choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. One we are willing to postpone. And one we need to win. Here's a ground ball right side. Could do it. The Beyond the Diamond is back with Brian Lalima, Apollo Dez. Follow us on Twitter at BLima790, at ApolloDez1, and at ApolloHOU. And the Astros have yet again won another series. This time, they take two out of three from the Minnesota Twins. They win game one, six to four. They lose the middle game, five to two. And then they come back and they pound out 20 hits. Valdez pitches another gem and they win 14 to three. Apollo Dez, do you want to start with the Astros or do you want to do you want to explain what's on your head right now? Yeah. Um, Obviously, the listeners can't see this because we're doing this audio, but I can see you over Zoom and you're wearing a Sugarland Skeeters hat. I think for segment two, we'll talk more a little bit of minor league baseball, but yeah, we can, I admire the hat right now. Thank you. It's a it's a sick hat. Had a great time. We can dive into segment two, but uh, segment one, we stick with the Strohs and another series win, right? It's an, another um, opportunity for the team to keep stacking wins and stacking series wins. Um, and this is going to pay off at the end. Obviously, Oakland is their soft spot of the schedule. They're, they're stacking wins, uh, but they've yet to play what the Astros have gone through over the last month and a half. And uh, I feel good. I honestly think we're in a really good position still. Um, the, the crazy thing is, it's just this team refuses to lose or refuses to back down. Even on Friday, they looked like they were sleepwalking a bit and, and figured it out. Saturday they were sleepwalking, but we're still one out away. And then Sunday, you know, they just just that was the most complete game this offense um has had this entire season. Like hands down, twenty knocks, easy win. Valdez went seven strong. It it just when the team is like that, it's scary, and the league should be terrified. Yeah, the league should be put on notice. I mean, absolutely. I mean, when you're when you have an offense that is literally leading the league in every single category in the Houston Astros. They put up a, a statistic or, you know, they put up something on the broadcast on AT&T Sports uh, with TK and Blummer and uh, Julia Morales. Literally every offensive category in Major League Baseball, the Astros are number one in. That's average. I mean, everything you can think of, they are number one. And if you look at the box score from that game where they won 14-3, to they had 20 hits. 20 hits, you look down, Altuve with a knock. Obviously, Michael Brantley with four hits. Uh, Bregman goes over, Jordan, two hits. Chaz, two hits. Curiel, no hits. Correa, three hits. Tucker, three hits. Miles Straw, two hits. And Garrett Stubbs, two hits. Garrett Stubbs, two hits. Excuse me. Alex Bregman and Yuli Curiel, two of your best hitters, didn't even have hits in that game. So when your lineup is cooking like that and two of your best hitters don't have hits, that says something. That needs to be recognized throughout Major League Baseball. The Astros are going to take hate for th- probably for the rest of eternity. Yes. But at some point, you have to sit back and be like, man, this team is pretty damn good. This offense is scary. This offense is really good. 
we need to plan for these guys. We need to do something a little extra for these guys. At some point, the league has got to start saying that. Yeah, I don't think they. Ha- I don't think they. I-, I think they know that how good the Astros lineup is, but I don't think they take them as serious as possible. I, so, I 100% agree. I think the fallout with the alleged scandal and everything that happened, and I think these teams think the Astros are going to roll over when they come into their stadium because they're going to get booed. Like, I, I've said it countless and countless, countless times. This Astro team, pre, pre-alleged scandal, played some of the, They went to Boston. They went to L.A. They went to New York. They played tough road playoff games. Nothing's new for them. Nothing, nothing is shocking them. They have seen everything. And I said it last year when they were playing the Twins and everyone's like, the Twins are a wagon, Twins are a wagon. The Twins haven't been in the playoffs. Yes, there's no fans. It doesn't matter. Playoff baseball is different. This team has seen every single scenario play out. The highest of highs, the lowest of lows. And so I, I think you nailed it. I think all these teams are just expecting the Astros to roll over and play dead, and they're not. They're not. Even in their losses, there's it's more on the Astros beating themselves than the other team beating them. Uh, I mean, there's a few outliers. I mean, the one that comes to mind is, is Kershaw. Like it was just Kershaw Daddy being Kershaw Daddy that day, and he yeah, was just on. It. But tip uh, your cap and move on. Yeah, there's been there's been very few times where the Astros had to tip their cap and they just got beat. A lot of times it's just them sleepwalking. Uh, they throw a Triple A lineup. We had that COVID lineup for a, a week and a half spell. So I, I just don't get it, and I if Hey, fuck them. If the league wants to wants to keep thinking that, that this team is going to roll over, they'll just keep doing what they're doing. And that's hit the fucking baseball, score a billion runs, and pitch some good ball as well. So um, I, I, I'm I just just another week of 22 runs in a three-game stint. Like, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. In this lineup, and I ask you this question, I'll answer it as well, but I'll let you go first. In the Astros lineup, who is your X factor? Oh, that's a good question. Just right off, right off uh, the top of your head. Just off the dome. Don't think too much about it's it. It's Michael Brantley. Okay. We're, I, we're on the same page. I, and I want to spend the rest of this segment talking about, about Michael Brantley. We've got a shorter, sec, we've got a shorter uh, podcast today. Um, obviously, you know, midweek podcast. But just like you said, it's Michael Brantley, right? Yeah, I think um, I tweeted about it in the offseason that the Michael Brantley re-signing is the greatest thing that keeps the championship window open and sustainable. Um, but also, when we signed him, when we did, it extended the golden age of what Houston Astros baseball has been. And look, the lineup has Alvarez, Bregman, Altuve, Guriel reincarnated, Correa, Tucker. They have all these dudes. But... The one constant in this lineup is Michael Brantley. Day in and day out, he's going to come in. He's going to hit the ball. These other guys, obviously, all-stars, MVPs, rookies of the year, number one overall picks. But they're streaky. And baseball is like that. There's hot colds. There's there's dry spell. There's all this stuff. But when you have a Michael Brantley that anchors a lineup that is just consistent as consistent can be, that is... It, it it does magnitudes for a lineup and bolstering to the get them to their ceiling because you have this guy that is a constant rock. You can afford Bregman going 0 for 4. You can afford Guriel going 0 for 3. And you know what? The lineup had 20 hits and 14 runs, Brian. 20 hits yeah. and 14 runs. 
with Yuli Gurriel, one of the hottest hitters on the planet, and Alex Bregman, a runner-up MVP candidate, going over. Yeah, over. they were over. Yeah. But that's Michael Brantley is the consummate pro, the rock and foundation of this lineup and team. And he should be I I've said it a million times. If Dusty said it, if you want to want to have your kid learn how to hit, watch Michael Brantley. Yeah. And it's not like he's he's getting up there and he's hitting bomb after bomb after bomb. He's going oppo. He goes back up the middle. He beats shifts. He yanks balls down the line. He hits he hits pitches where they're located. Uh, it's like he's never fooled on a pitch. He's never fooled on location. And do you remember? Can you remember when the Astros acquired him in the from the uh, from the jump back in uh, 2019? Um, I, I rem like the day or or no 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 just so I, I guess um let me let me rephrase my question. Did you know who Michael Brantley was when the Astros signed him? Yes, I mean. Being a seam hit, I, I knew who he was. I, I, I knew he had problems staying on the field, and when he was on the field, he was he was good. Um, I, I thought I didn't expect this production, um, and that's just because he was, you know, stuck in Cleveland, but not getting the recognition he deserves, and uh, it's a godsend. It was, it's one of literally the best signings um, in the history of the Astros franchise. Yeah, when... when the Astros acquired Michael Brantley. A lot of people didn't know who he was. And what they did know was the same thing that you said. Oh, well, can he stay on the field? Can he stay healthy? So I look at these numbers. He is a career 298 hitter in 13 years in the big leagues. That's another thing to, to be recognized. Michael Brantley's already been in the big leagues for 13 years. He came in in 09 with Cleveland. He spent from 09 all the way up. Yeah, he got acquired by the Astros in 2019. 2018, he was on that Cleveland team that got beat up by the Astros in the playoffs. And one thing I do remember about that playoff series, covering that playoff series, was, okay, this is probably their best guy. This is probably probably their best hitter. And then the Astros go and get him. And I'm like, holy shit, the Astros just got Michael Brantley. This isn't going to be talked about enough. This is going to be an underrated signing. And if he stays healthy, he's going to be so consistent in this lineup. He's a left-handed bat that you can put in the two-hole. You can hit him in a three-hole if you need it. Shit, you could even drop him down to the six hole if you needed. If you really needed, Michael Brantley would be in that six hole. Right now, he anchors down the two hole, which I, I absolutely love. I love a left-handed bat in the two hole. Since then, you look at Michael Brantley's numbers. In 2019, he hit 311. In 2020, he hit 300. Right now, he's hitting 337. Prior to that, in 2018, he hit 309. 27, he hit, he, 2017, he hit 299. One year, he hit 310, another 327, 284, 288, 266. His, his rookie year, he only hit, or he, he only played in 46 games, or I'm sorry, 28 games. And in that season, he hit 313. The dude is just consistent, consistently good. You don't hear from him. You don't hear drama. You don't hear bad locker room guy. You don't hear shit. All you hear is the ball connecting with the wood. Pause. <laughs> That's all you see. And then when the Astros, when the story broke that George Springer was going to Toronto, everybody automatically thought, oh, well, they're probably going to lose Michael Brantley. Then word comes out that Michael Brantley is indeed going to Toronto. And then fast forward to the next day, boom, they re-sign him. James Click re-signs him to the Houston Astros. That in, in itself, I don't know what happened. I don't care. 
but the Astros were able to retain Michael Brantley for two more years. And that alone, right there, in my opinion, is one of the best offseason re-signings in Astros history. And it's not talked about enough. Because look what he brings to this lineup. He brings consistency. He brings veteran leadership. And he just rakes. Absolutely rakes. And it is not talked about the job that the Astros did collectively to re-sign Michael Brantley. Did Toronto Toronto fuck up and maybe release it a little too early? Maybe. 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 Allegedly, Allegedly. Who knows? I don't know. That that's a possibility. No, I don't know. Right? Don't, yeah. But either way, the Astros re-signing him is one of the biggest moves in Astros franchise history. 100%. And I think I mean it's it's wild. I have his baseball reference page up. He made his debut in in 2009, right? Like uh spent the 10 years in Cleveland before he came over, but his stats in Houston are just insane. Uh, his, his career batting average in Houston the, up to this point is a 3.14 average, OBP 3.72, slugging 4.97, OPS of 8.69, OPS plus at 130. Uh, it's 74 dubs, 30 tanks. Like the production is off the charts, and he's an absolute godsend to this team. Um, I I think that. I think with him in the lineup, obviously we've talked about it, you know, till our, till we're run out of air that this lineup is relentless. But when you when you look at this lineup one through nine, and you see Brantley in the two hole following you up in MVP and Jose Altuve, and then you have Alex Bregman behind him and Alvarez, huh. like you almost have you almost pitch to Brantley and be like okay he's probably not going to go yard but i'd almost rather give up a hit to pitch to the other guys i'd rather <laughs> i'd rather pitch to Bregman and it's yeah. a bomber bus or alvarez bomber bus right. because why waste why waste 10 pitches here's a here's a here's a groove fastball get your knock you're going to get it anyways brantley's going to get a knock anyways why waste my energy let's go after someone else um and I think you nailed it. I don't understand. I know we're in the shift, and I'm pro shift, and I, and I love it. But when teams shift Michael Brantley, it's he has to lick his chops because I've never yeah. seen better back control the other side. Yes, and I think the best way to approach Michael Brantley is just playing him straight up, like a regular I defense. Because I agree, you give him so many hits the other way that he's just like, all right, I'll I'll take my I'll take my medicine. I'll get my yeah. Hit. I agree. I mean, even Dusty Baker said it like you mentioned a couple of minutes ago. If you want to learn how to hit, watch Michael Brantley. And like I said, it's not like he's getting up there hitting moonshot after moonshot. The dude has such good bat control. Let's pitches get deep into the zone, keeps the barrel all the way through the zone as long as possible and shoots balls the other way. I mean, how often do you see that these days? How often do you see guys see guys get a shift like Michael Brantley does? And he's like, all right, I'll just go oppo. I don't have to do, it doesn't have to be 110 off the bat. I can poke one over to the left side and continue to, to set the table for the Astros. And if you, I mean, think about it as, as a, from a pitching standpoint, from a defense standpoint, it's gotta be, that's gotta suck the life out of you when let's say, okay, let's just say hypothetical situation here. Let's say Miles Straw leads off an inning. He gets on, Altuve gets on, and then you got to face Michael Brantley. What's be 
how demoralizing is it that Michael Brantley comes up with two on and he's most likely going to hit a double, score both of those guys. You got no outs and you got a guy on at second and then you have to face Alex Bregman and Jordan Alvarez. That's so that like that momentum factor is huge. And, and I think the way they construct the lineup with Brantley behind Altuve, and it's it's very easy to say that the Astros one through six, even one through seven at this point, with Tucker, Tucker's probably uh, uh, we could talk about Tucker right after this, but Kyle Tucker should be an all star. He should be. Sorry, his Alex, baseball let's... his baseball savant page is is pure sex. It's it's everything is red. It's just he is a superstar in the making, but to maximize this um, this team and the ceiling and the wins and the potential to go to another World Series and play for a pennant again, I think with Correa, Tucker, Straw, and either you know Maldi or um, Castro in the nine hole, when those guys are on, that's when we put up these fourteen runs types games. And I, I'm gonna go back and look up some data, but it just seems. Just the other day when we scored 14 runs, Correa three for five, Tucker three for five, Straw two for three, Stubbs two for five, right? So that's uh, not good with math, but about 10 hits right there. Half the hits from your bottom half of your lineup. When that lineup turns over, that means Altuve is coming up with runners in scoring position. That means Brantley's coming up with runners in scoring position. And that's when it gets maximized. This is when the Astros are a fully operational death machine. And... That's what gets us, I think, to another World Series. Because this, it, 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 when you flip the lineup over and then you have what we have on the top half, it's just just, just get on base, straw, tuck, Molly or catcher, whoever's catching. You get on base, good things are going to happen because yep. the, the people coming up behind you are dudes. Absolute yeah. dudes. Yeah. Getting on base and just with those guys, just put the ball in play. Yeah. Just put the ball in play. Good things will happen. And, and Get on base. It. And good things will happen. Yeah, exactly. Kyle exactly. Tucker's on fire. Miles Straw. Love him or hate him. A lot of people hate him. He's having really, really good fucking at-bats this month. He is. He is. I'll give him credit. He He's turned it around and tremendously. Then, I mean, obviously, the catcher position is a, is a rotating door right now. Mostly, it's anchored by Maldi, and it will be in October. But he, he's been turning it on after a piss-poor start. So um, this, this lineup has been doing this against really good teams that have pitchers that are using spider tack. Yeah. The spider tack situation is about to get taken care of. Yeah. They are cracking down on these foreign substance that, that the pitchers are using, which again, to me, I don't give a shit if the pitcher uses it. Okay. Let that be clear. I don't care. Use it for all I, you know, help you control. We talked about it last episode helps your control. That's fine. This lineup's doing that against pitchers that are using foreign substances, and those foreign substances are about to go away. Imagine what they're going to do now. I mean, are we about to enter the the hit by batter era? Like, yeah, everyone's just get drilled because the pitchers have no idea where the ball's going, which is fucking terrifying. It is terrifying. Uh, but this week, this this past week, forty eight runs scored. Excuse me. Yes. 48 runs scored, 74 knocks. Wow. By the offense. Huh. And 15 uh, carry the one. We're doing 31 math extra on, base hits. Doing math live on the podcast. And 31 extra base hits. So, 74 runs, 74 hits, 31 extra base hits, 
48 runs in one week. That'll fucking do. That'll work. That dog will hunt. I, it's just that that's stupid. That's so wow. stupid. That's probably one of the best weeks uh, ever. Ever. Prob- I don't, probably ever. I mean, for the Astros. Yeah. Like. That's yeah, that's just stupid. Yeah. And then let's uh, let's talk real quick. Framber Valdez, seven innings, gives up five hits. Two runs, one of them being earned. He walked three, struck out two, gave up a bomb. 97 pitches. Another quality outing from the ace, right? Staff ace. Yeah, bonafide staff ace. He didn't break a sweat. Um, he looked good. I mean, it's e- obviously it's easy to pitch when you're up up that big. But that curveball is just is rocking. Um He's filling up the zone. I mean, the guy just oozes confidence, right? Like, he's just up there, bona fide staff ace. Um, you can't teach that. You, you honestly can't. Everyone listening right now, uh, when that light turns on for a, a guy, um, it's game over. And you, I mean, obviously, you, you hope that's sustainable, but that confidence is there. I guarantee you when Framber's looking at um, opposing lineups, he's just like, yeah, none of these guys scare me. Absolutely none. Um, and if you get me, you're only getting me for a solo shot. You're not going to get me for anything else. I'm going to pitch out of damage. Um, the walks the walks are kind of been climbing up a bit, so we got we to gotta tune that in um, and, and get that fixed. But guy's, guy's a stud. Yeah, he he's ab- absolutely is a stud. Uh, in the loss... Uh, in game two against the Twins, Luis Garcia got roughed up a bit. Four and a third, six hits, four and, uh, four runs, three of them being earned. Didn't, he only walked one, um, but 84 pitches in four and a third, not ideal. Uh, Blake Taylor came in for an inning and two thirds, then Brooks Raley uh, for two thirds of an inning, and then uh, Nivaldo Rodriguez got his feet wet, uh, a rookie coming in, tossing a few innings. But hey, Look, the Astros continue to win series. That's all we can ask for. I mean, can they sweep? Do they have a sweep problem? We may have sure. a sweep problem. They, they probably do, but that's fine. Win series, and I, I don't care. Continue to win series. Yeah, it's, it's going to stack up. It's absolutely going to stack up that the I don't think Oakland, what they're doing is sustainable. They have their soft spot in the schedule. They're beating up teams they should beat up. Good for them. So... Uh, I, I just I I said it last week. I I think by the end of July we're gonna have that five game lead. Yeah, and it's uh we can preview a little bit. The Astros take on the Rangers in a two game set. Uh, McCullers is back off the IL. He starts Tuesday night against the Rangers, uh, and then Zach Grinky goes. And then after that, the White Sox come into town Thursday, Ooh. Friday, Saturday. That that's. That's going to be a tough series. The White Sox are a very talented team. They've got really young players that are really, really good. But get let's fast forward past the White Sox. Baltimore, Detroit, Baltimore. That's a nice little set on the road, but or on the road at Baltimore, at Detroit, then you come back home for Baltimore. So, yeah, you want to talk about a good part of the schedule. It's coming up. Get through, uh, get through, you know, Texas, get through the Arlington Rangers and then the White Sox, and then you got a, a nice little stretch to you know, to, to reclaim the the uh, the lead in the AL West. I don't think what the A's are doing is sustainable either. Um, I, I was listening to a couple of radio shows last week where they were talking about the A's, about how they continue to win baseball games. And then 
what comes to mind for me is, okay, well, the Oakland Athletics are in a soft spot. They're in a, a weak part of their schedule, and indeed they are. And, and they're winning games as they should. But just like the Oakland A's for me, do they play well throughout the regular season? Absolutely. But for some reason, they get into the uh, in, towards October and they kind of fall apart. So I don't think it's sustainable. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's something that uh, it, it, the way that we've been playing, it feels like we were in first place. And we, I, don't, I don't think we've been in first place for like a month, a month and a half. Um, Oakland's 41 and 27 right now. Like, they're, they're playing good baseball. They're beating the teams they should beat. Um, they got the run differential up to plus 24. So that means the offense is, is currently really carrying them. Um, but it, it's just... At, at at the end of the day, and they sustain this, then it's probably one of the best best teams to ever play. Like, but I just don't think so. I mean, this past month, they beat up the Mariners, um, they beat the Rockies, they beat the Diamondbacks, they took a series against the Royals, and now they're playing the Angels right now. Yeah, listen to those teams. Like, and that's just in June. At the end of May, <laughs> at the end of May. After the Astros took two of three, they had the Angels for three. They took that series. They had the Mariners that they dropped that series. They had the Angels for four. They split that series. And then June is when they turned it on. And so it's the Mariners, the Rockies, the D-backs, the Royals, and now the Angels. They do have the Yankees coming up. Um, and then they have the Rangers, San Fran, who's been playing really good, the Rangers. So, I mean, it, it's really soft for them until – after the all-star break it so i i don't know i mean we gotta we gotta pay attention to them but the last month is gonna be pretty tough for them san diego cleveland uh white Sox, the giants again the yankees again in august so we can make up ground there um god i just feel like their schedule is really soft so whatever we just gotta win do i i think the I think the Oakland Athletics are scrappy as they always are, uh, but man, what what you say they are? They're forty one and what twenty seven? Uh, they are currently forty one and twenty eight. Let me pull it up. I think you said they were forty one and twenty seven. Forty one, sure forty one and twenty seven. Sure as hell doesn't feel like it. Yeah. Hey, good good for them. I mean, good for them, their record against teams greater than five hundred is seventeen and eighteen. So, look, I'm not good at math, but 41 minus 17 is like, what, 24? They have 24 wins against teams that are above or below 500. The Astros are 27 and 16 Yeah, against teams greater than 500. So that means we only have 10 wins with teams below 500. Yeah, that's, And it's that's, probably a small sample size, too, as well. So, Yeah, that's the whole thing. When you look down the schedule, especially here lately, the oh. Dodgers the Padres, the Red Sox, uh, Toronto, the Red Sox, and now against the tw- or just against the Twins. Uh, those are some good teams, and then you got the White Sox right around the corner. Yeah, I who's think- got the better? Who who's got the tougher schedule over over the past month, two months? Definitely yeah. the Astros. And I think we're we're ten and twelve against teams less than five hundred. Yes, yeah, that's Ugh. that's yeah. Okay, so wow, that's if that's at the end of the season, that's really going to kick our. That's we got to fix that. That's that's got to get figured yeah. out for sure. I mean, obviously, you want them playing the best against the best teams, but yeah. then you ha- then you need them to take care of business against the uh, below five hundred teams or the not so good teams. So it's it's almost like um, 
was it 2017 or 2018? Uh, the Astros played awful at home all season. Like they were, they had a losing record at home, but they were kicking ass on the road. I can't remember. It was one of those seasons, 2017, 2018, maybe even 2019. I don't remember. I just, but, um, I just feel like we always suck at home. Yeah. Just take care of business against the teams that aren't that good. So, um, they have improved their record. The Astros are 37 and 28. Look to improve that record, uh, against the Arlington Rangers. Like I said earlier, Lance McCullers Jr. is back from the IL. And then Zach Grinke will go uh, in a two-game set against the Rangers. So uh, let's look. Segment two, we're going to talk a little minor league baseball since you were at the Sugarland Skeeters game the other night. So uh, two-game set against Texas. What do you think? I'm going to say we get swept because I'm going to keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. You got uh, Gibson and Lyles throwing for the Arlington Rangers. I'm going to say... Uh, I'm going to say, man, I don't know, to be honest with you. Gibson's good, this. bro. I know, I know. Gib- I know. Gibby's a, god damn, he's good. And and if, you know, with with me, if if Lyles is on, Lyles is good. If, if there's two two of their arms, uh, everyone talks about Lance Lynn these days, uh, whatever. You know, but I, I Gibson's good. Uh, I think when Jordan Lyles is on, he's pretty damn good. I'm going to say they split. I'm going to say they go one and one. Yeah, I, I don't like I don't, I don't like these two game sets. I don't I like, don't two like game it either. Sets. I don't oh. like it either. They'll split is what it is. And then uh, you look forward to uh, the White Sox coming into town Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That's so going to be a war. Yeah, that's going to I'm going to be there Saturday night. Nice. Yeah. Valdez is pitching that night. So Staff um, I, you're going to be on holiday. Yeah, a little you're, holiday, you're a little holiday off the grid. No one's going to know yeah. where I'm at. Just take off. Uh, on vacation. Yeah, sometimes that's what you got to do. Uh, that's going to do it for segment one here on Beyond the Diamond Podcast. Segment two is right around the corner. Dez and I will dig into a little minor league baseball. Don't go anywhere. More Beyond the Diamond Podcast next here on the Apollo Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Welcome back to Beyond the Diamond Podcast. Brian Lalima Apollo Dez here with you. Follow us on Twitter at blima790, at apollodez1. And of course, at Apollo HOU segment one, we recapped the performance against the Minnesota Twins. We talked Michael Brantley, a little Kyle Tucker previewed the Ranger series. And now segment two, uh, Dez went to the Sugarland Skeeters game. Obviously, the Sugarland Skeeters are now the Astros AAA affiliate located in Sugarland. They were uh, an independent baseball team for the longest. They, had, they used to have some of the Clemens family pitching and catching for, for their team. Tracy McGrady. Jason, yeah, Tracy McGrady, Jason Lane uh, was a part of the Skeeters. I mean, there was a couple. Uh, Scott Casimir made a couple of appearances for the Skeeters, and now uh, the Astros did the right thing, and I think they made the good call of of uh, making the Sugarland Skeeters their AAA affiliate. Makes it a lot easier for the younger guys to get called up, recalled, whatever you want to say. So, Des, man, look, you're rocking a Sugarland Skeeters hat. You know, oh, yeah. a couple of guys down there on the AAA squad. How was it? I have not been yet, so... Yeah, so I'm going to get a blog out probably today. Um, 
just kind of going over what minor league baseball is and what it's about. Last night was a typical um, minor league game, right? And there's probably, I'm going to try to pull up the, the attendance says 2,000 people. <laughs> there's maybe 500. Um, it's a, it, it's a different atmosphere. It's a fun atmosphere. It's a great time. Um, it's, it's a, we're spoiled because a lot of cities and teams don't have your affiliate team this close one two, they don't have it right down the road and three, they don't have, uh, capabilities of when our guys in the bigs need a, a breather, need to get a, a spot start, get some innings logged in, get a rehab start. It's right here for us to see and a very cheap price. And so I'm fortunate. My cousin is the starting middle infielder, third baseman. He just rotates every single day around the diamond, uh, CJ and Hosa. And, um, got to spend some time with him before the game. Got to talk to a lot of the guys, uh, Toro, Delgatti, um, saw our guy scrub. Um, we got to sit there and, just, and shoot the shit with the guys. And obviously they, they, they loved Apollo and they gave us a ton of feedback on what they like, what they don't like, what they, what they love to see, what they want, want or need some, some, I think we're gonna have some Skeeters gear coming out soon. Um, so it was really cool just to chop it up with them. I mean, this was like five minutes before game time. We're sitting there just bullshitting with each other. So, um, players are accessible. They're, they're really damn good. Uh, the seating is phenomenal. There's not a bad seat at Constellation Field and, uh, it's just a vibe. And I, I truly think anyone that is in the area, one of, especially the Astros, like yesterday, the Astros have an off day. So yeah, I'm going to go down there. Um, make a trip to Sugarland, go see the Skeeters play because it's fun. Um, uh, they dropped the game five to four. I actually left around the seventh inning right before Scrub came in, so I didn't get to see our guy Scrub pitch. But uh, they dropped the game in extra innings and um, saw some really good baseball. Saw Degati, saw Myers. Myers is uh, is gonna be a dude. Uh, everyone talks about Jose Siri. Everyone on the timelines in love with Jose Siri, but I'm in love with Dela Cruz. I think this kid. Uh, is a more, um, a more refined batter. I think Siri has this weird leg kick toe tap thing. I think he's gonna get eaten alive by big league pitching. He just doesn't get his foot down. Delikers is really quiet with his hands, really quiet with his feet. Um, and I, I just think you can go and see really good baseball and see some of these guys that are potentially gonna be up here soon. Yeah, and you look down the roster, which I'm looking at. Currently, so you have Brian De La Cruz, one of the outfielders. You've got Ronnie Dawson, uh, Carlos Machado, Jake Myers, and Jose Siri. Those are, from what I know and what I've seen, those are some talented players down there in AAA. A lot of good athletes yeah. down there. I think, uh, I think there's a lot of quadruple uh, A players. They're fringe major league right. players, but they're way better. They're way better than they are should be in AAA, right. um, which is tough because that's how you get in a tough spot. You need to hit on these guys. Uh, but I, I, I think there's, I think like you nailed it. They're super athletic. And then obviously, I was going to ask you um, about CJ and Alex. Is it Degotti or Degotti? Degotti. Uh, Degotti. Degotti. How did they look? How did CJ and, and uh, Degatti look? 
Yeah, CJ, uh, he, I think he ended up the night one for four. He had a, had two really good at-bats, got beat on a couple other ones. Um, he looked good. Um, looks good at third base. Degati's our second baseman. Uh, he rotates around the infield as well. I think he's a dude. I think he could play. Um, he was one for four. And defensively, Degati probably has some of the quietest hands and when I say that, when he's when he's fielding a ball, it's it's just so it's like butter. It's so smooth. It's very smooth. It's yeah. just it's real quiet. There's not a lot of movement. It's it's fielding the ball, throwing all in one motion, and that's all you can ask for from your infielders. It's not you don't want anything clunky or, or a lot of movement. Uh, so I was really impressed by that. Uh, but I mean, Solomon started the the game, and I talked to some of our guys. And they think he's he's a potential rota- rotation arm, and he had he got roughed up a bit. Five hits, four runs, uh, three walks, six strikeouts. But I was impressed by his stuff. I really was. I think that as much as they say the cupboard is bare, <laughs> it's not that bad. Uh, but I think I think Peter Solomon's going to be uh, a dude here soon for the Astros. Fourth round pick nope. from Notre Dame. You know, the big name coming into the offseason and into the start of the regular season was Jeremy Pena, and he's on the he's on the 60-day IL. Yeah. So that's tough. Um, obviously, another name that a lot of people are talking about is uh, Jose Siri. And then who uh, – God, I always screw this up. It's not Jeremy Pena. What's the other – Leon? Uh, yeah. 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 He's down uh, in uh, – He's in double-A, right? Yeah, he's in Corpus. He's in Corpus, okay. So not not quite up to the triple triple A level. I'm sure he'll be there pretty soon. Um, who would you say is big league ready right now? Not not. Let's take out Scrub. Let's take out uh, Toro. You know, guys that have already that are already on the forty man. Is it Ronnie Dawson? Would you say? Is it uh, is it Degoti? Is it you know? Let's just look up. Uh, I'm trying to scroll down. Obviously, Nivaldo Rodriguez pitched the other night for the Astros. We'll take him out. Um, so the yeah, I, I'm just looking down these these this pitching staff. I mean, Brett Conine could it be him? He's six three two fifteen. I'm just going off of paper right now. But you saw it first <coughs> firsthand. Who who do you think? You know, wild guess. I don't I don't care. Like who do you think? Who's the next guy up? Or yeah, who do you think the next guy up is? Man. Um. Okay. Pitching wise, yeah. Let's let's start with the the pitching with you know because those guys are we're seeing a lot of those guys come up. Yeah, and before we dive into this, I know there's a ton of a ton of questions that are about what what are the Astros going to do about the bullpen? Like, you know, we're gonna make trades. Blah, blah blah. Everyone's up in arms. And I've been on, on the on the side of we're not making any moves. What you see is what we got. This is what we're rolling with. But people need to look at our forty man. Our forty man is our. We already have an inflated payroll. Yeah, and we're up against the luxury tax. But our forty man is so jumbled and messed up. Um, people don't realize that because there's yeah, a lot the- of dudes injured. There's a lot of dudes that um are on the roster. The forty man that we really can't get rid of by you know, DFA and them. So we're, we're in a tough spot right now. Yeah. They're going to have, James click is going to have to make some decisions here pretty quick. Yeah. And another name that people forget about is Francis Martez. He's out on a rehab assignment. So he's close. He pitched last night. He got the loss. I didn't get to see him pitch yeah. obviously, but 
I, I think the next guy up is, is, is Solomon. Uh, I think it, if there's a someone that needs to be in the pin or an arm goes down, Peter Solomon could be that next arm up. I know Belak is, you know, he just got called up to the to the taxi squad. Um, you know, he's he's kind of been that that up and down guy, but I, I think Solomon could be the arm. It's just the forty man's not pretty right now because any, everyone's up's already up. Uh, hitting wise, it's gotta probably be Toro. Uh, yeah, it's it's he's the only guy in the forty man that. Outside of uh, Stubbs got option and then Nova's you know on the forty man but he's down, so I, I think it'll be Toro. I, they have Robel Garcia there, but if he goes down or any of the guys in the info goes down, it's gonna be Toro. They I, they love his his switch hitting ability and his ability to play anywhere in the infield. So um, I don't know. Our guy Ben thinks Toro's a, is gonna be a dude. I'm I'm not sold on Abraham Toro. I, I don't. I don't get the love or the hype, but hopefully he proves me wrong. You know, we saw Peter Solomon pitch when we were in uh, Colorado, right? When yeah. In Denver in that snow game. In snow game. I liked what we saw from him there. Yeah. That's for damn sure. And, he that, really and that was good. And that was shitty situations. Yeah. So. That was bad baseball weather, and he still pitched extremely well. He's got the stuff. That's for damn sure. Yeah. I, I think this, just the way the 40 man's constructed, it's Solomon and Toro and the next two people up. And I, 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 if Toro becomes into that Marlin role in the next two years, I'll I will eat crow and yeah and, and all that because I, I think that's where they're still grooming him to be and I, he he has a ceiling and potential to do it, but the gap between his floor and ceiling is there. So uh, I think I think those are your two guys that you should at least get to know a, a little bit better. Yeah, and especially when you look at look at who is actually on the forty man roster, Peter Solomon and Abraham Toro are both already on there, so that helps the Astros. Um, somewhere down the road if they do need to recall those guys because you know they don't want to have to add somebody to the 40 man remove somebody dfa somebody you know i mean there's just a lot of moves are gonna have to be made by james click i know i said that a couple minutes ago but it's something that also um not necessarily that it needs to be talked about but people need to remember what the astros are up against look at their payroll Look at the two big contracts they still have on the books. Then you look at the 40-man. Then you look at the luxury tax. There's really not a lot that they can do, right? So when things do go a little bit south in a game, I don't like the quick trigger where, oh, well, the Astros need to start looking for trades. Oh, the Astros need to DFA this guy. Oh, the Astros need to do this. They need to do that. Look what they have to deal with. People... I say people, I, I, critics, whatever you want to call them, low baseball IQ people, they love to come down on James Click. James Click has done a good job with what he has and what he's up against. Now, really, when we, what we will get to see is if you get Grinky off the books and if you get Verlander off the books, then that opens up Pandora's box. Oh, yeah. That opens up a lot of things. And the Astros are still signing young Cuban players young Dominican players and the young Cuban players that the Astros are signing are some of the best baseball players around. It's been proven. 100%. So what the Astros continue to do uh, behind the scenes, I think they're doing a good job with what they're put up against. So when it comes to 40-man roster and you know the minor leagues and, oh, should this person come up? Should that person come up? It's got to be strategically made. 
And people don't realize that. And they need to remember that. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Astros do with the bullpen. Um, are they going to have some September call-ups? Who's going to be the September call-up? I know that's months down the road. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think they've got some good talent down in the minor leagues right now. Obviously, they've got some guys in AA that are probably going to be moved up here pretty quick. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I got to get down to a Sugarland game. I know that. I love minor league baseball. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care if there's 600 people there. I love being in the stands. When we were in West Palm, that's the feel that I got. 100%. was more of a minor league atmosphere, and I loved it. Absolutely loved it. So definitely got to get down to the Skeeters game, and it's definitely more uh, affordable, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I got CJ let me some tickets, but the tickets are cheap. Parking was like five bucks. A beer and some some chicken tendies were like ten bucks. Like man, you're not breaking the bank. I mean, right. The your biggest expense is just getting down there, gas. Like yeah. that's that's literally it. Um, it was a great time, great people, and um, highly recommend going out there. Yeah, I look forward to uh, I look forward one to going down uh, to a game there, and then I also look forward to what kind of merch we're gonna put together. Yeah. Man, we just had the L Reptile. Is it the L Reptile, right? Yeah, you got it, dude. Yeah, the the coffee. Just making sure it's the L L Reptile. Yeah. Uh, the coffee that came out. Uh, you know our collaboration with Spindle Tap. So check that out, ApolloHou.com. I'm I'm not sure if uh there are any left. I, we did a limited quantity of fifty uh this time around just to see how it would go. Uh, we're gonna donate some proceeds to Christian Javier's uh charity. So that's that's cool. We've got some Sugarland Skeeters gear coming out. Um, also, we've got if you want a Beyond the Diamond podcast shirt, we got yeah. those coming out. Drop some we got merch. Our, yeah, we got our podcast network. Got merch out on the website right now. Again, ApolloHou.com. So big things are coming. Big things are coming for Apollo Hou and Des. That's gonna do it for uh, for this segment. I'm gonna let you go because I know you got to. Uh, head on out to i'm not going to disclose where you're going i'm not going to dox you but i know you're going off the grid off you're the going grid. on holiday my man a little holiday a little holiday Good for action. you. yeah unplug for a bit come back and uh it's go time again so uh no just i think we're going to rotate some host in and, and and get some people in here while i'm on holiday and uh brian it's it's your show baby it's i need you to i need you to pick some some right co-hosts and we're gonna keep this bad boy going but um, I'll be watching the Strohs from afar. Um, I mean, I don't know what the Wi-Fi in Dubai is like, but it's, uh, it's going to be fun. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, shit. Uh, what, are you going to go hang out with some rich bro, kings? I'm just going to go. Look, God. we've been watching Fast and the Furious a lot. I'm going to go out. Go. I'm going to go just hang with some sheiks, drive some 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 fast cars, and uh, enjoy Dubai, man. I heard it's lovely yeah. this time of the year. You know what they say about Dubai, right? I I don't. Rubbin's racing, brother. Rubbin's race, dude. I, that's, come on, that's gonna do it. it. That's gonna do it for segment two in our episode of Beyond the Diamond podcast. Des is getting ready to head out. Oh my god, it's gonna do the rails so quick. Going. He's going to Dubai. He's gonna go hang out with some rich kings. It's it's gonna be 115 degrees there, but that's fine. Uh, that's going to do it for segment two and for another episode of Beyond the Diamond podcast. Again, like Des said, he's going on holiday. We've got a couple of special co-hosts coming in to hang out with me. So stay tuned. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but uh, you'll see. You'll see. I've got a couple lined up. Des, you got anything before, uh, before we get out of here? Nothing. Love you guys. That's going to do it.
Another edition of Beyond the Diamond podcast is in the books. Follow us on Twitter at BLima790, at ApolloDez1, and always at ApolloHOU. Thank you for tuning in. We'll have another episode here in a couple days. Love you guys. Thank you for all the support, and that's going to do it for Beyond the Diamond podcast here on the Apollo Podcast Network.